Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning, and you yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord, when they will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself, and make them to sit down to meet, and come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be you therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. As you listen, you can expect the Word of the living God to encourage, challenge, and comfort you. We live in difficult times, but we can expect our God to provide answers to the big questions in your life through His Word. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Once again, Luke gives us a snapshot of our Lord, and this time the Lord is instructing His disciples concerning His coming to earth a second time. And Dr. Mitchell will give us an overview of this passage which Jesus spoke, and the bottom line is for each believer to be ready for the Lord's coming while being faithful to the task and ministry which he has received from the Lord. Dr. Mitchell also makes a clear distinction between the Lord's coming for the church in the air at the rapture and the Lord's actual coming to the earth at his second coming. Well, the call for you and me is to be faithful stewards in one's ministry and life with our time, our talent, our treasure, while waiting for Christ. Let's turn with Dr. Mitchell to his exposition in Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 48 on the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. We again come to you with studies in the gospel through Luke. And again, may I say, I sincerely hope that the Spirit of God is taking uh, the Word of God and making it a living reality in your lives. You know, I find so many Christians today who claim to know so much about doctrine, but something of the reality of the truth for some reason or other has never gripped their lives. When I remember that the Spirit of God indwells us for the express purpose of revealing to the world something of the character and the heart of God, His character which is holy and righteous, and His heart which is full of love and tenderness and compassion toward men, wouldn't it be wonderful if we Christians who love the Lord uh, would be so yielded to Him that the Spirit of God would reveal this to our present generation? And that's why in the study of the Gospel through Luke, which we're going through, uh, I've been amazed over and over again 
at the way our Lord dealt with people. And I confess it comes to with, with a certain measure of conviction to my own heart that in some way the Spirit of God will reveal the tenderness and the compassion and the love of the Savior for men and women. Not only those who are Christians, but for those who are not Christians. How are we going to win them to the Savior? How can we reveal to them the wonderful good news from God for men? If we don't manifest something of his character and attract them to the Savior. Now, I just felt like saying that this morning because in sharing this gospel through Luke, I say it over and over and over again. I can't help but be convicted on the fact that too many of us, uh, we live in a little circle, uh, and for some reason we have lost contact with the world. Uh, Mr. Mitchell, don't you believe in separation? I certainly do. But that doesn't hinder you and me manifesting something of the grace and tenderness and compassion of the Savior for those who are in need and for those who need the Savior. Now, let's get back to our study in Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. You remember, our Lord has been dealing all the way through, be warning his disciples concerning hypocrisy, concerning covetousness, and in the midst of it all, ever reminding them that we are the objects of his care, that we have a loving Father who loves us and who is going to give us a kingdom. And so we have all the way down through, if God takes care of his creation in the minutest detail, certainly, certainly, he will take care of those whom he has purchased with his own blood. Certainly he will care for those who are the objects of his affection and devotion and love. Now we come down to verse, to verse 35. In 35 on through, he deals here especially with the coming of the Lord, right on down through verse 48. And the great word he is to be ready, he's dealing here with us being ready for his return. Allow me to read from verse 35 down through verse 40 for the present. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning, and you yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself, and make them to sit down to meet, and come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be you therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. I would like to read in, in connection with that First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to take the time to do this. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. 
We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation or deliverance by our Lord Jesus Christ, and so on. Here you have the Apostle Paul again bringing to us the same truth our Lord is speaking of here in Luke chapter 12. And by the way, you have the same thing in Mark chapter 13 from verses 32 to 37. Here you have where our Savior is urging them to watch. In fact, he closes his uh, discussion by saying, What I say unto one, I say unto all, Watch, for in an hour that ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Now, it's true he is talking about his coming to the earth to reign, commonly known as the second coming of Christ. And if this is true concerning his coming to the earth, it's just as true in his coming for the church. Uh, whether, and I know there are those who don't believe this, that the Lord's going to come for the church first before he comes to the earth to reign. But be that as it may, we are to be ready. This is what he's after. Uh, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning, and you yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may be open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself, make them sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve it, and so on. In verse 40, Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Now here you have the Lord's exhortation to his own people to be ready. It calls for faithfulness to him in view of his return. You know, each one of us have a job to do for the Lord. So he wants us to be faithful in doing that job because he's going to come when we least expect it. You know, I was thinking about that verse in Acts 13, 36, I believe it is, where, where Paul, giving his first message, you remember, in Acts chapter 13, in his first missionary journey, and he spoke of David, the great king of Israel, when I read that David, after he had served his generation by the will of God, fell asleep. David, after he had served his generation by the will of God. We want to serve our generation for God in his will. And I believe every believer, and I speak to you very frankly, every Christian, one who really loves the Savior, ought to be sure that they're serving his generation by the will of God. In other words, be in the will of God. Whatever job the Lord may give you to do, it may be to live a quiet a quiet life of witnessing to the goodness and grace and love of God, whatever it may be. But we are to serve our generation by the will of God in the anticipation of seeing him whom having not seen we love. So it calls for two things. It calls for diligence. It calls for watchfulness. Now it says here we are to 
Our loins are to be girded about and our light shining. I'm reminded of what Peter says in 1 Peter 1.13, where you remember Peter said, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm quoting from 1 Peter 1.13. And Peter urges us to gird up the loins of our mind and be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Girded for service. That's what our loins are girded for service. In preparation to serve him until he comes. I say again, it calls for diligence and it also calls for watchfulness. Likewise, he says, not only must your loins be girded for service, but your lights should be burning. This calls for watchfulness. We are to shine until he comes. You remember our Lord spoke of this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, where he said, Let your light so shine before men, that men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16, where the Apostle Paul says, and I again repeat this verse, which I've used so often of late, where we see the fact that we are the sons of God in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, among whom we shine as lights, holding forth the word of life. See, we're workers together with God, and this is our job. We are to, I can't reach the past generation. I can't reach the future one if the Lord tarries, but I am to serve my present generation and the will of God. How do I do it? My loins are to be girded. I'm to be ready to serve him and to be diligent in that service. Then I have to shine as a light to reveal to the world something of the beauty and the glory of Christ. I think it's in the mind of our Savior. You remember in Matthew 25, the first 10 verses where he speaks of the of the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish, where he speaks there, of course, about the lights. Now the illustration given to us in verses 41 to 48. While waiting his return, we are to serve him faithfully. Now, uh, Peter said to him, after the Lord had spoken about the fact, Be ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. And Peter said unto him, Lord, do you speak this parable to us or to everybody? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men's servants and maidens and drink and eat and be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes, but he that did not know his Lord's will, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him much is required. 
and to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. Now here is the illustration, and he's talking about his return to the earth. Still calling for two things, diligence and watchfulness. And the illustration is given of two, two stewards. One is a faithful steward. One is an unfaithful steward. Now, there are three things that, that characterize the faithful steward. First of all, his heart is set on the Lord. His heart is set on the Lord. That speaks of the fact of his devotion to his master. Then he was faithful in his ministry. He was faithful until his master came. And this, of course, has to do with obedience, not just a, a life of wishing that we could do certain things, but a life of obedience. He was faithful in his ministry, and then he was watchful. That is, he was living in expectancy. While he served, he was expecting his master to come. Now, this is the faithful steward. His heart is set upon the Lord. He's devoted to his master. He is faithful in his ministry. That is, he was obedient to his master. And then he was watchful. He was living in expectancy of the coming of his master. And by the way, this ought to be true of every Christian. I ask you very bluntly, could this be said about you, that you are devoted to the Lord Jesus, that you are obedient to his word, and that you're living in expectation of seeing him whom having not seen you love? You ever think of it? The early church waited for his son from heaven. I'm quoting uh, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 9 and 10, do you remember how they turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait, to wait for his Son from heaven? In fact, as you read the book of Acts and all through the epistles, this is continual exhortation and to live in daily anticipation and expectation of seeing him whom having not seen, we love. Paul writes of it, Peter writes of it, John writes of it, and our Lord over and over again talked about this question of being faithful, devoted to him, of being obedient to his word, and especially of living in anticipation of the coming of the Lord. Indeed, if you're expecting the Lord to come and living in anticipation of that, I'm sure that you'll be obedient. Your, your loins will be girded and your light shining. Now, let's look at the unfaithful steward. Now, if there are three things about the faithful steward, you have just the opposite in the unfaithful steward. Um, for example, if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming, he shall be, begin to beat the men servants and the maidens and to eat and to drink and to be drunken. And the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him asunder. Now you notice the unfaithful servant he has no heart for the Lord. He is self-indulgent. He's occupied with things for himself. He's not thinking about the Lord. He's got no heart for the Lord. He's self-indulgent, eating and drinking and so on. And then he's unfaithful in his ministry. He's disobedient. He's not doing his job. And he's not watching for the coming of the Lord. Why? He's master because he's indifferent. You know, I, I, I say this. He manifests his heart condition 
by his attitude to his fellow servants. He began to beat the men servants and the maid servants, and he began to eat and drink and to be drunken. And he had no heart for the Lord, was not looking for the Lord, and wasn't doing his job. Is that true of you? I say again, this man, this unfaithful servant, he had no heart for the Lord, and this is manifested in self-indulgence. Furthermore, he was unfaithful in his ministry. That is, he was disobedient. He was not obedient to his master. And certainly he was indifferent as to the coming of his master. Hence, he was not watching. And the result was judgment. My friend, I want to tell you it's a dangerous thing. Having the Lord having opened your eyes to certain truths, it's a dangerous thing to be unfaithful. Uh, I don't think the Lord here is talking about being saved and lost. He's talking about he's dealing with the awfulness of the servants being unfaithful and not watching. No heart for the Savior. I'm wondering what about you and me. And then verses 47 and 48, you'll notice that one is beaten, the one who knew his master's will and didn't do it, was beaten with many stripes. And the one who didn't know his master's will but did things wrong, he was beaten with few stripes. And he goes on to speak of the fact, unto whosoever much is given of him, much is required. Added light, I repeat this statement so often, that added light means added responsibility. This is what you have in 47 to 48. And you know, there's more danger, I'll say it very frankly, there is more danger of young people who have been raised in Christian homes than in those who have been raised in pagan homes. There's more danger for those folk living, for us folk living in America, than for those living in Southeast Asia or Africa or some of the tribes of South America who have never heard the truth. Oh, Christian friend, may I appeal to you today. You can talk about the doctrine of the coming of the Lord, but if you are not living in anticipation of that coming, it's only a mere doctrine. You know, could I put it a different way? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul says that there's a crown of righteousness which the righteous judge shall give to him, that's to Paul, and to all those who love his appearing. It doesn't say those who believe in the doctrine of his appearing, but those who love his appearing. And if you love his appearing, you'll be watchful. If you love his appearing, you'll be obedient. If you love his appearing, you'll be diligent in your ministry, in your testimony. I, I just leave this with you. And I'm appealing to Christians, especially in this, for he's talking to his disciples. And may I say this to those of you who may not know the Savior. My friend, I tell you the time for you to accept the Savior is very brief. The coming of the Lord is very near. He's going to come in an hour that we think not. Are you ready for the coming of the Savior? Be ready. The only way you can be ready is to have him as the object of your love and affection and faith. That he's the object. You're putting your trust in him as the one who died for you and rose again. Oh, Christian friend, may I talk to you again. Please live in the anticipation 
of seeing him whom having not seen you love. And may he come today, and the Lord bless you for his name's sake. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.